This is Gotham TV Podcast, episode 114, about Gotham Dark Knight, season 4, episode 11, Queen Takes Nice, the fall finale. This is Victoria Cartagena. I play Renee Montoya on Gotham. Hey, this is Andrew Stewart-Jones. I play Christmas Allen on Gotham. This is Robin Lloyd-Taylor. I'm David Mazuz. Hey, Gotham TV podcast listeners. This is Maggie Gia, otherwise known as Poison Ivy. This is Drew Powell, and you're listening to Gotham TV podcast. Welcome back, Gothamites, to episode 114 of Gotham TV podcast, where we're talking about the full finale of Gotham season four, which is episode 11, Queen Takes Night. I'm one of your hosts, Derek. Hi, I'm one of your other hosts, John. Yes, this chess-like episode of Gotham. Uh, really, really good season finale, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and good to see it round off until around about February the 15th, we're thinking. There's no exact return date yet, but it's likely to be February the 15th. Yeah, think. yeah. While, uh, while the finale was on, there was an advert for, uh, for a new reality show on Fox taking the place of Gotham in its, uh, slot. From January 2nd, I think it is, uh, which is going on for six weeks, which leads us up until uh, the February 15th is the first free date after that. So uh, hoping that we'll be back in mid-February with our next episode of Gotham. Uh, which pretty cool. Uh, yeah, but this one had lots of moving pieces, lots of uh, lots of pieces moving around the board of Gotham and a big reveal of the plan of Sophia Falcone. So definitely a fun one. Yeah, really uh, absolutely superb. Really gives Jim a genuine sort of dilemma and conundrum to to go through, I think, here, uh, which I really, really enjoyed. And mm-hmm. of course, if you enjoyed it and enjoy listening to our podcasts about all things Gotham, please head on over and subscribe. Rate us, leave a review on your favorite podcast catcher. We're on Apple Podcasts, we're on Google Play, and any good or evil podcast catcher you can just head on over to gothamtvpodcast.com and look to subscribe on the subscribe section on the homepage. as well just a quick reminder that we do have a competition a prize giveaway uh, for this season uh, the line of the week the moment of the week maybe even the episode of the season anything you found that stood out please send them on in so that we can share them with all the listeners and you will be entered into the prize draw uh, towards the end of season four of gotham uh, for lots and lots of gotham prizes 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 uh, but we will certainly um keep you reminded of this so please send in your line or moment of the week for each episode of gotham in season four mm-hmm. great to get that kind of feedback in that's very cool thank you yeah but with that little reminder we're on to another reminder our spoiler filled review Derek, what are some of the episode details for this? Yep, some of our season regulars are back for this episode. Big director for the show. Our showrunner, Danny Cannon, is back to direct this episode. And the episode was written by John Stevens with all his wiles and crazy twists and turns. Uh, Definitely a stamp from his episodes for the show. Absolutely. Best known for the Balloon Man episode three of season one for Derek. He's redeemed himself many, many times since then. Absolutely. Um, Great show runner and writer for Gotham. Absolutely. John, do you want to tell us what they gave us with your synopsis for the episode? Sure. 
The continuing violent feud between Penguin and Sophia Falcone rages on, but the arrival of Carmine Falcone to Gotham at the request of Oswald complicates the picture. His death at the hands of gunmen linked to Oswald sends Gotham into turmoil. Despite the chaos, the wealthy in Gotham continue to party, and Bruce is on a bender. His antics in and out of the bedroom put increasing distance and friction between him and Alfred. Alfred tries to get through to Bruce once and for all, but events escalate and Bruce fires Alfred from his service and terminates his guardianship over him by legal order. In the Narrows, Nygma struggles to gain control over the Riddler persona once again, and Tabitha attempts to make Grundy remember his past, one bat to the head at a time. (laughs) As war descends on Gotham in the void of Falcone's murder, a determined Jim Gordon, backed by the GCPD, seeks to end the gang's stranglehold in the city. First he dismantles Oswald's forces, arresting him for the death of Martine. Jim then turns his attention on Sophia, but a series of secrets, lies and revelations of her actions brings into focus the stark choices that Jim must make as captain of the GCPD. As the extent of Sophia's manipulation is laid bare, Bullock's prophetic words ring out, This is about the choices you made. This is all on you. But all is not tears and sadness in Gotham, as a familiar smile and a distinctive chuckle resurfaces at Arkham Asylum. What a lot of toing and froing in this episode. Definitely a lot going on in the uh, mid-season finale. But I think we can move on to our top five case notes for this episode. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, case note number one, the return of Carmine Falcone. What a great actor John Dorman is, really, as Carmine. Absolutely. Um, really good to see him back and sad to see him go uh, at the hands of mystery gunmen uh, who we feel or we think um, were ordered by Oswald in, at this moment. Um, you know, Carmine has been brought back to Gotham at the request of Oswald. Oswald has effectively snitched on Sophia that she is causing trouble and strife in Gotham, especially for him. Um, and Carmine has come back to bring her back down to Miami, like Jim was trying to do before she was uh, returned to Gotham by Victor Zaz. There's so many great moments in this episode that fall under the return of Carmine. That this moment that we find that Sophia is working with the sirens, she brings them back to the Falcone household. Um, and there's only reason one reason she'd go back there with the sirens is because Carmine's returned. But we find out Carmine's working with Penguin. Yeah, that's a that's a real surprise. Um, effectively, it's kind of this mobster's annoying me. I'll call her daddy and get her to come and pick her <laughs> yeah, up. It it's really, really it's really harsh, but uh, but I love this moment where Carmine goes. Well, the reason I came, well, because Penguin called, is because. Hang on a second, you slept with my your your brother's killer, Jim Gordon. Hang yeah. on. And the reaction from Barbara Keane to that moment, I almost called her Barbara Gordon there for a second. <laughs> uh, the reaction going, hang on a second, you what? Yeah. Another woman has slept with, uh, with Jim Gordon and is a crazy mobster in the, in the city of Gotham. And absolutely, Barbara's reaction when she gets, um, some form of acknowledgement from Carmine as well, you know, he remembers her and she's like, oh, okay, you know, it feels like her street cred has just gone up a notch or two mm-hmm. in, in, uh, the Gotham underworld. Uh, that was a really little nice reaction as well. 
Absolutely. But we, we get our kind of our big proper reveal of Sophia's plan. We had a little bit of it last week, but there are even more twists and turns this week in what Sophia has been doing in the city of Gotham, um, which I thought was fascinating. I love how this has been set up throughout the season. You know, she's she's had every moment planned all the way through. The fact that it's set up here that we all think that Oswald could possibly have killed Carmine Falcone. Um, but this turns out to be a plot from Sophia. She said she gave her father a chance to stand behind her. He refused, therefore she kills him. Also the fact that she's the one that hired Professor Pig to come and slaughter some cops in the city of Gotham to try and see if she could get Jim on her side. Again, another really interesting twist. She's hired a serial killer to kill people in Gotham just so she can get everything in place for her plan to take over the city. That's fascinating stuff. She is one evil lady. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I mean, this is this is really good that effectively she has been playing so many people. I mean, she has been able to um, keep pace with Oswald. She has most definitely been playing Jim as well, you know, by hiring um, Laz- Laszlo um, and obviously getting his face changed so that he is um the professor pig that we know and of course kind of have come to love as well uh, in that murderous way um but also i think um you know she has been playing her father as well she has wanted him to absolutely stand by her she feels that gotham is hers she realizes that Carmine does not want to come back to Gotham. I mean, I do like that moment before Carmine gets killed where he turns to Jim and, and really says, there's never any sun in this city. Um, you know, it, it's a really nice moment um, for really exposing his motivations. You know, it, it's kind of desperate in a way. Yeah. Um, and even his... L- yeah, exactly. <laughs> he prefers the, the, the sunny climate of, of down south. See, I thought that was a real kind of revelation from Carmine. It was almost a moment of him going, I don't belong in this city anymore. This isn't my place. This isn't my home. And it being one of his final words, effectively saying he's no longer, Gotham is no longer for him. And then he gets shot and killed. It's an, it's a nice kind of bookend to the character of Carmine, who's been with us since the premiere uh, yeah. episode and was the former leader of Gotham, the former king of Gotham. Definitely. It really speaks a lot as to how Gotham has changed mm. uh, since season one. Uh, but also, I, I do like Carmine's sort of uh, real rebuttal of, of Jim. He says, you know, you're welcome to it. Um, you know, you mm-hmm. will find that this will absolutely bring you down uh, what you've tried to do um, and ultimately we see later on and it will be one of our later case notes mm-hmm. you know is does Jim really win here um, you know he's or does he have to compromise um, so it, it's a really nice setup where Falcone then is gunned down you know initially as we said we think it's Oswald. It's certainly hinted at being that. But, you know, that darker truth comes out here where Sophia has hired Professor Pig to be included in, in this shootout. So Pig shoots with, you know, surgeon-like precision from a sniper rifle to, to shoot 
um, Sophia, but the the guys in the back of the sort of the A team truck that rolls into view <laughs> is gunning down Carmine and his and his bodyguards effectively. It's really interesting, and these ties between Sophia and Pig and um, about her hiring him, as you say, and then sort of being involved in her manipulation of Jim. It just really is great stuff that we we get here. Yeah. Um, you know the Falcones, what a great family to have, and even that classic moment where she's got the neck brace on and she's in the wheelchair at her father's funeral and in her mansion is all a ruse. But it's a real nice touch to the comic, The Long Halloween, where um, Sophia Falcone is in a wheelchair and and has been heavily um injured. I think it's from the Joker from the Long Halloween, mm-hmm. or but it's very reminiscent of, of that look from the Long Halloween. Very cool, very cool. We did say that at the start of this season that uh, a lot of this season would be based on those characters in Long Halloween, and we obviously had the Scarecrow. So that's something that's been taken from that book. Yeah, that's it's really good uh, to use these kind of bits that are that are so important. Uh, have to say, have to give myself a little pat on the back while while live watching this and live tweeting the episode the other night. The instant that Sophia meets Jim at her father's funeral and goes to him, Sophia Falcone was the one that killed her father. Um, instantly tweeted it out, going, "I know this is this sounds crazy right now, but Sophia did it. Um, she has to have herself and her father. While they have always worked together, as we've seen, her father." turning on her here is not something that Sophia is going to accept. So um, so while it was supposed to be covering up, I also felt that Oswald probably wouldn't take this tack. That doesn't sound like him. It's more like he would poison their their Thanksgiving dinner rather than shooting everybody in front of the house. Yeah, well, I mean, it was hilarious when Oswald in the cathedral and during Carmine's uh, funeral just suddenly blurts out, not now, to yeah. two of his guys as they're about to go in uh, and gun down Sophia. Um, you know, really Or at good. least kidnapper, yeah. Or kidnapper yeah. or do whatever. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's like, not now, not here kind of thing. And mm-hmm. really, I must say, that did make me laugh. But, um, yeah, that was also kind of a nice, tense moment in the cathedral as well. I really enjoyed that, you know, with Jim, Sophia, Oswald being there. And of course, Victor Zaz here also has a really great little moment um, and, and story arc through here where he effectively turns his back on Oswald um, around Martin's death where Sophia has really now tried to get Jim to, to go against Oswald by saying that he killed uh, young Martin uh, and Zaz is happy and in front of Oswald to turn on him uh, by saying that he saw Martin get killed. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I think even more so, just that moment where he bends down to kiss Sophia's um, hand and he says... They're a cobblepot. You're a falcone. You know, Zaz used to be in the employ of Carmine. Absolutely. He is absolutely distraught with Carmine's death. Great little moment with the bullet from the gun as well over Carmine's corpse in, in, in the coffin. That's right, where he pulls the, the reload back, knocks out a bullet, and then puts it in the coffin with Carmine, which is very interesting, kind of saying, I've always been yours effectively so if you didn't think the twist was coming that was a nice little indicator a nice little touch definitely i really enjoyed that moment uh, of zaz turning and becoming 
you know, the, the right hand person for, um, for Sophia. And I suspect he will have less secretarial duties to do. He's never been very good at the answer phone, has he? No, exactly. <laughs> and certainly after what Tabitha seemed to be doing to, um, Mr. Penn, I'm sure he may have had an increased workload, uh, Zaz with Oswald. I don't know whether Mr. Penn survived that encounter. Mm. Was it teeth being ripped out by Tabitha or was she, sh- atop him strangling him or something i don't know there are lots of streaks initially i thought it was the dentist guy was back again Mm. ripping out uh, mr penn's teeth but i think it could have been um tabitha tabitha can extract a lot of information definitely i'm not sure if it was teeth but definitely information is what she was getting from (laughs) yeah Uh, (laughs) poor mr penn well poor mr penn indeed i think this brings us on to case point number two does Jim win? Question mark here. You know, um, we see Sophia shoot pig and then really lay it on the table to Jim that he can either say that she did it and she will expose absolutely everything that he has done with her or Jim can say that he shot the pig and is bringing him in. He maintains his reputation at the GCPD um, and but ultimately, that Sophia goes free here. You know, there is a real catch-22 provided by Sophia. And poignantly, she says, that is my revenge for the death of Mario as well. Uh, you know, there has been underlying all of this relationship a Mario revenge story as well. Mm-hmm. And most importantly here, she gets control of the city as well. She will, she will then take back all of the families that have been under the control of Oswald. And Jim doesn't win. So I suppose to kind of lay out exactly what's happened here, Jim's got the GCPD back on his side. They're now fighting for him and with him uh, against Oswald. He gets Oswald back in, back in prison. Um, Carmine's gone. So that's another one of the families gone. And he's effectively saying if he can just get rid of Sophia Falcone, there then will be no gangs and no organized crime in Gotham. It's gone. It's done. Every, everything's sorted. But she's saying to him, no, you have to let me go. I'm going to do exactly what you're saying. I'm going to unite all of the families back under the Falcone name, but it will be Sophia Falcone and you'll have to live with that. Yeah. It's, it's a really interesting one. So on the outside to the people of Gotham and the members of the GCPD, all his colleagues, Jim has won. Harvey even says it to him. You got everything you wanted, but the price is that he has to live with the knowledge that he's let Sophia Falcone take back over Gotham. Yeah, it's really interesting. Like, I mean, if, if we scroll back a bit, you know, to Carmine's uh, funeral, that Jim gets, you know, an unexpected tap on the shoulder here from, from Harvey, who really tells Jim to, to make Penguin start a war so that he can really get some evidence against Oswald and in fact that Oswald might slip up so that he does something where you know he can then get put into prison or into Arkham Asylum Uh, but at the same time Harvey here is really he's echoing what he said you know what two or three episodes ago where he says you know whatever you did to get into the captain's chair at the GCPD you will have to live with that but there will be a price to pay. Exactly. Uh, and he really comes back here to say that, you know, these choices that you made, it is all on you, Jim. You have to sort this out if that's what you want to do. But, you know, whatever the bribe might be, a, a free, more peaceful city, 
there is still a bribe being had, whether it's for that or for money or for whatever, Um, you know? And I think that was a really nice little sort of return of Harvey here. I think also, you know, poignant moment with the gun and the badge left on Jim's table at back at the GCPD precinct by Harvey. Uh, you know, again, does Jim win here? You know, he's just lost his long-serving partner um, and not on really good terms either. So a lot of this newfound security that Gotham will have in that at least there will be the recognisable underground in the Falcone family it mm-hmm. will be back to the days of Carmine and Jim's dad to a, to an extent is really what Sophia is trying to say none of this penguin riddler mad hatter jerome and all that you know okay they're still here they're in arkham but it's almost it's reset jim feels good about that but he has lost so much power uh, and friendship on his way to get there And to me, I actually thought this was a fantastic side of Jim's story. And it's one that I've really wanted to see where he's having to make that choice. And he really did. And, you know, Fergie's great moment for Jim Gordon here. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I really like this moment with Jim. I also love that moment in the GCPD when Penguin comes in and tries to do what he always does, which is say to the members of the GCPD, just tell me, just tell me where Sophia Falcone is. And all of you live. I don't understand why you're willing to put your lives on the line for this criminal. And effectively, the GCPD are finally turning around and saying, we're not. We're putting our lives on the line for the city of Gotham because our boss, Jim Gordon, wants us to. And that great line from Harper, his new partner, or the new member of the GCPD, where she goes, you can count all you want, Torp, when he says he's going to start counting to five uh, and then start shooting people. Uh, and they eventually drag out Oswald. So really showing the GCP are truly behind Jim. That speech from Jim really just made me want to, you know, sh- chant GCPD, GCPD. Yeah, absolutely. A great little speech to finally see this team coming together in, in the city of Gotham. It was really cool. Let's go on to our, ca- our case note two. The other kind of big, I suppose, really big moment for the episode is Bruce's emancipation. Uh, Alfred and Bruce having a very big moment in this episode. have to say that opening of these scenes where Alfred walks in to the absolutely trashed Wayne Manor and finds Bruce in bed with two girls and wakes him up with the ice from the champagne bucket and just goes, good morning, miss, good morning, miss, <laughs> to the two ladies in uh, in bed with Bruce. Uh, great little moment, a kind of comedy moment, but it does get very dark very fast. Bruce is on a really long journey, as, uh, as Alfred has said, but he was going to stick beside Bruce all the way, but it looks like Bruce is not wanting that. Bruce seems to be really drowning his fears and anxieties over the murder of Rachel Ghoul and the loss that he's feeling over the death of his parents he seems to be drowning that now in alcohol and partying with with friends but i love that from his perspective as he says to alfred he says i haven't thought about my parents or Rachel Ghoul's death in the last what 3 weeks or something or mm-hmm. month or however long it is that for him at this moment, this is his escape. And it, it is. Bruce's emancipation. It's emancipation from that past to some extent by him going on all of these booze filled, um, benders and, and parties. Uh, but also, um, ultimately it leads to his emancipation from Alfred in a real, like, shocking, 
uh, way. I mean, they fight as, you know, Bruce is wanting to go out again. Alfred wants to take him to Switzerland so that he can calm down, do a bit of walking in the mountains, breathe in the fresh air, get a nice relaxing spa, enjoy a bit of skiing, a bit of fondue, maybe some raclette, something <laughs> like that. But ultimately, he really wants to kind of cool the jets on Bruce Wayne's party yeah. life. But in, in trying to do that, he ultimately forces himself too much to, to prevent Bruce from going to meet up with, with Tommy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it ends up in a fight between these two people. And I mean, ultimately ends up with Alfred being dismissed from, uh, Bruce's service. And no longer being uh, Bruce's legal guardian with a a letter from his lawyer sort of revoking that legal guardianship. Yeah, it's re- really, really interesting. And a great fight, actually, between the two of them. I think Alfred had him, I must say. I think even though Bruce has had his training now, he's had some time with Rachel Ghoul, he's had some training with Alfred. And Alfred gets a bit of criticism from Bruce. He kind of says, um, who's going to stop this here? The only one I see panting is you, old man. Um, that's when Alfred strikes with the punch across the face and leaves Bruce with his, um, with his bruise that allows him to get emancipation. Uh, but a really tough moment there to watch after this, what, three and a half seasons of these two characters working together and being side by side. They've had their fights before, but this seems like a big one. Yeah. Um, and as it cuts to after Alfred leaves, as it cuts to the party scenes with Bruce again, now sitting in the corner. Wearing the more familiar kind of scowl on his face as he is not enjoying the party life. I think, uh, he, he's having that moment of realization even just after Alfred leaves that he's made a bad choice here in his life. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's so tough to watch these two, um, the, the, these two friends, these companions, um, being horrendously split apart by mm. the actions of Bruce, uh, to, a, to an extent. And certainly given we know how Alfred and Batman work together in the future, but it makes their relationship so real. I'm actually really glad they've done this because it really speaks to the ups and downs of any relationship that they go through good and bad and in some cases really quite terrible things. And this is one of those terrible moments in Bruce and Alfred's relationship and it, I think it's really good that the show tackles this. Yeah. And I must say, it's fantastic writing and really emotional. And that just shows you how good uh, Sean Pertwee and David Mazous have been in bringing these two characters together yeah. and realizing this really uh, difficult um, separation and clash between the two as well. Yeah. You know? Yeah, so- I have to say it's a, a great choice to do this scene. I did see a comment over on one of the, uh, one of the Facebook chat groups about Gotham from, from somebody saying, do you think that's it? Do you think Alfred's not coming back to, to Wayne Manor now that he's been fired by Bruce? Well, we kind of all know the story and we know that Alfred is definitely coming back at some stage in the future, but I do love that they give it a bit of a rocky road. This, this relationship can't just be a single easy road for both of them. Batman and Bruce have to go through some bad times and Alfred has to go through a bit of a war as well to know why and how and know to stick right beside Bruce all the way through the rest of their time together. They've had their bad times in the future as well as we've seen in in Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises uh, where Alfred has has stepped away from Bruce Wayne uh, because of his actions. They will always battle against each other but they always have each other's back. I think Bruce now needs to learn 
how strong the relationship is between the two of them. So um, blowing off a little bit of steam, but blowing off a little bit too much in getting rid of Alfred uh, after this episode, unfortunately. But yeah, very, very good scene. Really, really enjoyed the, those moments in this episode. Let's go on to our next case note, Tabitha and Grundy. What's Pretty Lady doing with Iron Bat? <laughs> oh, poor Grundy in these scenes. I know Tabitha really wants her butch back because when she fought against Grundy in uh, that fight sequence in the Narrows a couple of weeks ago, Grundy was able to call her Tabby. He knows exactly who she is. So she wants to get her man back, really. Uh, she's not willing to give up on him, I suppose, is, is the way to say it. But beating him over and over again with <laughs> an iron so... bar going, remember who you are. <laughs> but it was so funny. And yet it was so kind of emotionally romantic. You know, you could see in Tabitha, you could see how much she wanted her butch back. Mm -hmm. Yeah, And, okay, there was the lineup of lead piping and, and hammers and baseball bats and you name it, anything that you could have a good swing at Butch's head. It was all the Cluedo tools, wasn't it? It was. <laughs> Candlestick, <Right>. exactly. <laughs> um, and, but having said that, despite that kind of real extreme hilarity from this lineup of, of um, you know, bats and belts and pipes and hammers and whatever, you really did feel that Tabitha just was like, I want my butch back. I know that you know who I am because of that fight, yeah. you know, a, a few episodes before. Uh, and that Tabby really misses Butch. And it, it was just, it was really poignantly romantic as well, being smacked around the head. Um, you know, Grundy can take it. It's not like it's a yeah. regular relationship. He, and I mean, you know, where he goes, what pretty lady want, you know, again, it's so like, sweet. he doesn't understand. He just wants to be back with Riddler. But importantly, he does call her pretty lady as well. So he does recognize an attraction between the two of them. And Tabitha does make the point that the reason he called her Tabby before was because he was being beaten by her in the yeah. ring. So she is making that point that she will have to hit him really hard to get all of the rest of his memories back, not just her name. It's a scientific experiment. Exactly. <laughs> and the, and the, of course, the, the tragedy of it all is that when she feels that she has completely lost him because he is not responding to her as Tabby, only pretty lady. Um, then when she leaves, Grundy looks into the reflection of a puddle on the floor and it is Butch that has come back. What has happened to me? Yes, we hear the familiar voice of Drew Pal without the Grundy affectation where he says, yeah, what has happened to me? So we'll be looking forward to seeing how that plays out in the next half of the season. Yes. But yeah, really did enjoy the scene. I thought it was really well put together. Um, I love that she plays the, uh, the Solomon Grundy theme to bring him down from, from upstairs and bring him out of, uh, out of the narrows. The other thing as well, obviously important to hear, Tabitha is not only wanting to get Butch back, she just is incredulous at the idea that not only is does he not know who he is, but he's working with the person who chopped off her hand and attempted to kill both of them in Enigma. So, um, so she's really just kind of going, "All right, this situation is like hell." My ex, my ex boyfriend, who I thought was dead and killed by um by Barbara Keen is now working with Ed Nick. That's very difficult for her. Yeah, definitely. But 
Speaking of that evil Riddler, and speaking of possible romance and love in the air, you know, our final case note here, case note number five, is Ed and Evil Ed. But is is Ed in love with Leslie Tompkins? There seems to be a real battle between two the two Ed personas here, mm-hmm. um, you know, and Evil Ed is really kind of hinting that it's because you love Leslie Tompkins here uh, that, you know, Ed Nigma absolutely has, if not fallen in love, has become very, very attached to Leslie Tompkins and what she's doing and how she treats him. Um, and I suppose that's really in contrast to how evil Ed is getting at him uh, through the mirror, through his own mind, that reflection of himself. Yeah. And he, he's back again. Yeah, he's effectively saying to him, the only reason you don't want to become me again, because you had so much fun being me, the only reason you don't want to do that is because Leslie Tompkins told you that she only wants to keep you around. She wants you, her friend, Edward Nigma, not me, the evil Riddler, uh, to be around. So does he love Leslie Tompkins? Will we see another bit of a series arc for Leslie Tompkins where she has a different love interest in the city. We all know what's happened to Ed's previous uh, two girlfriends on the show, so let's hope that Leslie stays safe if she does enter a relationship with Ed. Um, But yeah, a kind of an interesting point to kind of leave the Ed Nigma story for for this half of the season. Definitely. I did get a message on Twitter while I was live-tweeting the episode right at the end from one of our listeners, Doug Green, who said, good luck trying to squeeze all that into five points. We couldn't. There's no possibility of squeezing everything into five points and doing the episode justice. Those are the five points. We do have an extra section, which we like to call our notes section. It'll be slightly bigger than normal this this time, because we haven't even mentioned the end of the episode. We haven't really, I don't think, given enough time to one of your favorite characters, John, who was lost this episode. Professor Pig got a bullet into the head in this episode. Shocking moment. Yes, Toodles Gotham, it's been a blast, Pig. You know, really sad to see Pig getting shot there by Sophia, just because the character was played fantastically. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, I'm hoping that one of his titanium faceplates came to his rescue and that he is only thought to be dead, but that he will rise from the autopsy table, kill the uh, pathologist who's trying to, or who is about to start work on him, and he will return. Yeah, Professor Pig has been an awesome character Definitely. introduced by Gotham. Really iconic, really standout, really complex, and obviously now really interwoven into Sophia's storyline. Um, and it, it's been really good to see um yes he is an absolute psychopath he's incredibly violent but um you know he brought so much style it was sweeney todd on gotham Mm -hmm. and it worked incredibly well um and i have just loved this character and how he has interacted with jim with oswald and then now with sophia but alas he um was shot uh, and you know is he ready for the the roast can i give you another little ray of hope john as well because there's a couple of little clues that may not be professor pig so do you remember at the start of the episode the gcpd are chasing down laszlo and they find the dead body of a um of a surgeon 
who could possibly have done a facelift on Professor Pig, making him look different so that Laszlo can slip off into the shadows. And that message, Toodles Gotham, It's Been a Blast, is written on the wall, which is the last moment of the life of the uh, surgeon as he points towards this message written on the wall. So hugely important that the GCPD had to see that message. Huge thing that you may not have noticed on there. It's signed Pig, P-I-G-G. Professor Pig was very, very quick to point out that his name is not spelt like that. It's spelt P-Y-G because it's reference to Pygmalion. That is true. So did Sophia hire a southern gentleman, give him a facelift to make him look like Laszlo or look like Professor Pig with this bald head and ha- kill him uh, in the presence of Jim Gordon, thus hiding Laszlo and hiding Professor Pig for the future? Maybe. Let's hope so. I think... You're absolutely right on the pig versus PYG. Mm. Um, you know, so that is a huge clue that PYG would never spell his name P-I-double-G. Yeah. Definitely. So that's, that's, I like that. I really like that, actually. And um, it's a less complex plot than Gotham have used sometimes to bring people back from the dead. That is true. Um, <laughs> so no, this is, that's, that's good. It gives me hope. And, and please, I really hope that they bring him back because so, he is such a good character, mm-hmm. most definitely. Um, we also have another big character here. And of course, it was teased maybe that he would be more integral into the, the this episode than maybe he was. But we do get Jerome. Oh, Fox marketing executives. <laughs> <laughs> Most of you have done a great job in trying to promote the show. But wow, I have to say, having tweets and having Facebook pages and having GIFs going around all about the appearance of Jerome in this episode when he appeared in the last three seconds of the episode. Uh, that was pretty harsh. I was, I was seeing people getting very excited about the next Jerome episode of Gotham when in fact, uh, he appeared in the post credit scene almost, uh, as Penguin returned to Arkham Asylum sitting in his cell, uh, hearing the familiar voice of someone that wants to make friends with him. Yes. Uh, re- but really good. He's certainly got that smile back. I mean, he is looking pretty jokery to be honest Mm. whether he is or he isn't anymore i think probably doesn't really matter for this gotham he is the joker of of the piece yeah Um, he's looking really like the new 52 version of the joker the one by uh greg capullo um looks really like that same haircut he's now got the the uh joker lines the ones from um from dark knight uh, they're definitely carved into his face, as we see a little bit more of on the preview for the next half of the season. So I must say a really cool style. The makeup work that's used on uh, on Jerome, on Cameron Monaghan, plays Jerome, is fantastic. It looks really, really cool. I'm really looking forward to seeing, seeing him back next season and working with Penguin. Another new old friend, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it It looks like it could be really, really interesting. These two characters have never met on screen before. I remember the last time that Jerome was uh, was doing something in the city, he called out, it was put on the news, and you hear Penguin going, that laugh's pretty contagious, effectively, is what he said. And now you hear through this uh, conversation, you hear 
Jerome's laugh. And because of that, you see that Oswald's connecting who it is, uh, which is quite cool. Yeah, definitely. I th- I think it's not going to necessarily be a smooth ride for these two, or at least not for Oswald. It seemed certainly the preview for the second half that could be a little bit of fighting, a little bit of brinkmanship between these two. But it would be interesting to see them work together that, mm. you know, maybe Oswald has varying degrees of craziness uh, and complicity with the crazy world of Gotham Mm -hmm. and that he can also be a bit of a chameleon. He can work in either of those spheres and that maybe, just maybe, uh, after his Pax Penguina and his Merol ship has all kind of finished, that he's decided... I think we need to release the ticking penguins, you know, the wind-up ticking penguins. And he's going to become a little bit more crazy uh, and a little bit more aligned with the likes of Jerome and so on. So that would be really, really good to see. But it was good to see Jerome back in this episode, even if it was brief. So Gotham Moment of the Week, for me, it has to be Tabitha with her iron bar um, and Grundy. I know it's a very short scene, but it was it just had that, those moments of uh, sadness, of happiness about the two of them may possibly being able to rekindle their relationship. Uh, I just really like the scene. I have three moments of the week, actually. It is uh, Zaz stood over Carmine's body in, in the coffin, mm-hmm. uh, taking out the bullet and slipping it underneath his jacket. I think it is Harvey leaving um, his badge and gun mm-hmm. on Jim's desk in, in the GCPD. And my third moment is the moment where Jim has to make that choice. And when Sophia passes the mobile phone with the GCPD um, desk officer calling out who's there, he makes the choice that he has shot Professor Pig to save Sophia. It wasn't Sophia. I thought that was really, really immense for the character of Jim Gordon. Uh, And it really um, plays with that morality, I suppose, that I've been looking at or discussing about uh, for the whole of this season and maybe even for longer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Gotham Character of the Week, we usually give this to someone that's brand new, just in for an episode. Can I go Gotham Character of the Week as Sophia Falcone? Because... This episode was so important for Sophia. This really showing off her plan and how much she's willing to do to take back the city of Gotham. Like we kind of thought, is she subpar as a villain? Is she not to the level of Enigma of Oswald Cobblepot? But she does absolutely show here she's at least the level and further than Carmine Falcone. Even when she's told to pack up her toys and get out of the city by her own father, she kills him uh, to put the stranglehold back on the city of Gotham. So she's had a very good plan in mind the whole season so far. So for me, she's my character of the week. Uh, Definitely. I think for me, it's actually Victor Zaz. Mm -hmm. I enjoy Victor Zaz um, numerous times uh, through this season so far. He has some great expressions, some great one-liners. But I think here we saw a bit more of the Victor Zaz who could potentially, um, you know, notch into his skin every kill that he has, like we saw in the very first uh, season. And, you know, to see him returning to the Falcone family fold uh, as their loyal member and protector, I think is really interesting. Even going with the lie of Sophia against Oswald uh, about Martine being dead. And the thing is, it sets up quite nicely if he ever, ever finds out that Sophia ordered Carmine shot. 
Mm. That could be the moment that breaks Zaz into uh, the crazier Zaz form that we see in the comics sometimes. Interesting, interesting. Overall, John, how would you rate the full finale for Gotham Season 4? I would give this five lead pipes wrapped around Grundy's head out of five. <laughs> um, it has to be five out of five. This is an excellent mid-season finale. It really brought a lot of ends together. And I think it rewarded the patience on the part of the audience to really see the manipulation, the lies um, of Sophia. You know, we have Enigma in there. We have his, set, his persona of the Riddler. Oswald is back in Arkham. Jim cleans up the streets, but is still faced with the stark reality that he has to um, swallow some of his pride, swallow some of his morality in order to get the kind of city that he wants to. We have a real poignant moment with Harvey handing back his gun and his badge. We have I think Victor Zaz on real fine form here, returning to Falcone's, um, uh, grassing in Oswald Cobblepot. Plus, we have RIP Professor Pig, or do we, I suppose? Um, you know, great character and really integral to the story so far in this season mm-hmm. and has been excellent. Absolutely loved him. And we have the crashing of Alfred and Bruce's relationship. I mean, to a fairly final and extreme position where Alfred is both fired from Bruce's service and is effectively fired as his legal guardian. Yeah. Um, you know, real extreme stuff. So I think it was a very strong episode, which I absolutely loved. I, I think this season so far, season four, is without a shadow of a doubt probably the best they have done um consistently i think this is the third five out of five for me mm-hmm. um already uh, and it's episode 11 mm-hmm. um and i think their use of characters is phenomenal i i really do think the number the range of people and characters and plots that they bring in is quite phenomenal I- so definitely Five out of five for me. Yeah. I think they recently called this the biggest cast on TV for uh, for a drama show. It's, it just seems huge. Like you think about things like CSI and those kind of terrible, admittedly, dramas where they have five or six main characters. This cast has to be in the region of about 20 now of main characters who get credits. Like the credits go on for quite a long time at the opening of each episode. So uh, it is great that they have it because effectively this isn't called the GCPD or, you know, Cobblepot runs Gotham. It's called Gotham and they're setting up a city. There's so many characters and so many moving parts. And I, I agree with you, John. This has been a great half season so far. Sorry, we're going to have to wait a little bit of time to, for the next episode of Gotham. Uh, but I suppose we should allow them a little bit of time to actually film the episodes and write them and, uh, and edit them and put them all together to get this kind of high quality show. Uh, this isn't EastEnders after all. I think we need to go on to our feedback for this episode. Really sorry we didn't get to do feedback last episode. We had, we had a little bit of a rush on, but lots of feedback in about this episode. Uh, first bit of feedback comes from Johnny Rez over on Facebook, uh, on our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Gotham TV podcast. He says Victor Zaz was a loyal servant to Don Falcone until he retired to Florida. At that point, Zaz became the Gotham Merc of choice. And while he works for Oswald now, his loyalty to Don Falcone remains 
Hell hath no fury like a homicidal sociopath scorned. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Richard Blaze also says over on our Gotham Facebook group, good episode and a solid mid-season finale, but felt a little disjointed in places. Still enjoyed it, though, and Zaz was the standout character this week. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Really enjoyed Zaz as well uh, this week. I actually felt... It brought a lot of stuff together from other episodes, so it, it may have felt disjointed, but I think maybe looking back over the the episodes so far, a, a lot of things may fall into place, but certainly uh, I really enjoyed this episode. Mm-hmm. Jason Wiley also sent us a message over on Facebook. He says, another great episode and a pretty good mid-season finale. It wrapped up a lot of loose ends, loved all the twists and turns with Sophia, and while it was sad seeing the Don meet his end, I expected something was going to happen with him. I loved the scenes with Victor becoming his own man and betraying Penguin. He goes back a long way with the Falcons, and he pledged his respects to the old guard, putting his bullet in the coffin and leaving the church. One hopes Victor can have some autonomy now, and we get a great arc with him. It's sad as well seeing the downfall of Bruce and Alfred, but going on the promo for the following episodes, Bruce will probably snap out of things soon with him in that cave, looking on at that cape figure in the shadows. Oh, and have they confirmed Jerome as the Joker with that card in the promo? It sure looks like it, says Jason. I was looking at this promo a couple of times after the end of uh, of episode 11, just wondering what's happening in the next season. And I'm wondering if someone's putting that Joker card in front of Jerome to get his reaction. It looks to me like that's what's happening, um, that someone has seen a Joker card in the city, and I'm wondering if they're asking Jerome whether he's involved in something or not. Um, a lot of people seem to be saying that he's the one that throws the Joker card down, and that's confirmation that he's the Joker. He is our Joker in Gotham. We've got to now say it, right? Gotham is this other universe. The series has been going on now for almost four seasons, probably longer than they'd originally planned for stories to come out of this. So they are leading into this a bit more. Um, we will never get another character coming out of the woodwork, even if this show goes ten more years. We'll never get anybody else coming out of the shadows and becoming more Joker than this Joker, right? Absolutely. Um, he is pretty much Gotham, the TV show's Joker. Definitely, yeah. Um, I, I do agree with you as well. I, I really liked Victor's ads in this episode, and that would be cool if we got a good arc with him next season where he potentially starts to take his own victims and starts to have his own life and his own um, plan within Gotham to take it back over. Well, absolutely. And we did have Sophia call out that she allowed Professor Pig to have his own mode of operations mm. to allow his personality to come into those deaths. Yes. You know, she gave him some... Uh, additional leeway to be creative, artistic, and I wonder whether she'll uh, allow that for Victor Zaz as well. Mm-hmm. We also got an email in from Claire Payne for episode 11. Remember, you can send in feedback through our email as well. Just send your thoughts through on feedback at gothamtvpodcast.com. You can even leave a voicemail as well if you want to. Uh, just head on over to gothamtvpodcast.com and head to the right-hand side tab and leave up to 90 seconds of voicemail as well. But Mm -hmm. Claire goes, Hello, Gotham TV podcast. My character of the week is Victor Zaz. His appearance in Gotham this season has been fantastic, but this episode showed just how much respect he showed for Don Falcone. I really liked the way he grieved and wasn't totally convinced that the Penguin was not behind his death. 
I've always had a little bit of me wondering if Zaz was working for Sophia, but I think he decided on his own terms the Falcone family name was worth more than the Cobblepot name. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite lines is when Oswald asks Zaz, how is Jim Gordon beating them? Zaz replies, I'm guessing he has great leadership skills. <laughs> I was also really impressed by Tabitha. Her love and determination to make Grundy remember he was Butch. Also, I am really enjoying the sirens together. I like how they don't particularly like Sophia, especially Selena, but except they need her alliance. I'm sad to see um, the Iceberg Lounge go, and it seems the only person that hasn't double-crossed Oswald is Mr. Penn. With Oswald going to Falcone, then suspected of his murder, and not being able to prove that Martin is still alive, it was a very busy episode for Penguin, who got himself a very interesting neighbour in Arkham Asylum with a familiar laugh. We finally got to see who Sophia really is, and her ongoing plans for Gotham. She has Jim right where she wants him, Jim's reaction to finding out Sophia knew Pig, and she had set up to murder her own father was fantastic. It will be interesting to see if Zaz's loyalty will remain if and when he finds out Sophia had Carmine murdered. Mm. I don't have a favourite scene. The whole episode from start to finish was a highlight. Seeing Harvey, the Riddler, telling Ed that he was in love with Leslie, Bruce and Alfred, especially Alfred on his mission to save Master Bruce, which leads into a very nasty fight. Gotham has delivered 11 outstanding episodes this season. I would like to wish you both lots of podcasting success for 2018. Merry Christmas, Claire, of course. Thank you, Claire. And Merry Christmas back to you. It is the season to be jolly um, with a laugh and a chuckle like Jerome. <laughs> that's very true. Very true. You know what, Claire? You're right on our page, I think. Uh, I think that's the reason why John couldn't pick his Gotham moment of the week either. You've had to pick three after doing our top five points as well, you know, it was one of those episodes where there was so much going on and so much interconnection, even putting together those points of what happened with Sophia Falcone this episode. Okay, something happened 15 times in the episode. Here's something else that happened with Jim 15 times in the episode. There's so much going on and so much interesting layering that they're doing with the writing on the show been really really good and i definitely enjoyed the episode thanks so much for your feedback over on our email absolutely thank you claire for the feedback and finally i just thought we got one very interesting tweet the other night over on over our twitter account over at gotham tv podcast on twitter uh diana brewer says maybe jim should start questioning the women he attracts stabby babs lunatic lee thompson miss mafia princess just saying i think it's gordon (laughs) he likes them psycho yeah, yeah, he does really. He kind of, he kind of does seem to attract those, uh, those ladies that are going a bit crazy. Does he do it to them? Is there something in the water over at Jim's horrible apartment? Yeah, and and maybe <laughs> it's that they, you know, they stick with him long enough for him to really like affect them because we do have the photographer from the press, uh, Valerie Vale, who okay was using him but then realized what she was getting into and left very quickly mm-hmm. um never to be seen again so maybe she's found uh, herself at the bottom of the river in Gotham or maybe she is working 
quite happily now as a press photographer and yes. um, with no problems or psychological scarring. Uh, but certainly um, it's an interesting one. Yeah. <laughs> very dark. You've watched way too much Gotham. If you just assume you don't see a character for a while, so they're at the bottom of the river. <laughs> it's Gotham. Thanks so much for that, Diana. And thanks so much for all of the feedback that you've sent in this week. Again, as John said, if you want to email us with your feedback, you can email us to feedback at gothamtpodcast.com uh, or you can go over to and join our Facebook group over at facebook.com slash groups slash Gotham TV podcast. We have no particular plans of what our next podcast on Gotham TV podcast will be until the episodes return with episode 12 of season four of Gotham. Um, maybe we may do one or two reviews of some of the animated films. We may have a crossover episode with one of the, one of the other podcasts perhaps but if you want to find out what we're doing we will always post that in our facebook group uh, over at facebook.com slash groups slash gotham tv podcast uh, just answer the questions over there we'll let you into the group and you can keep up to date with what we're doing absolutely and of course it is the season to share the love so please um head on over listen subscribe rate leave a review of our podcast on any good or evil podcast catchers we're available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Podcast Addict, Beyond Pod, any good podcast catcher. Uh, please just search for Gotham TV Podcast. That's it. I hope you have a happy holiday season with your family and friends um, and come back and join us in 2018 for more Gotham. If you're also a Marvel fan, remember that we are covering The Punisher, the latest season on the Netflix Marvel shows over on our Defenders TV podcast. Uh, you can find that obviously at DefendersTVPodcast.com or you can subscribe to all of our podcasts over at TVPodcastIndustries.com where we post all of our episodes. So you're more than welcome to subscribe over there and get all of our podcasts in one go. Thanks so much for listening throughout 2017. It's been lots of fun. We have done a podcast every week now for, what, 33 weeks, I think, uh, since the start of uh, season three of Gotham all the way through to this half of season four. It's going to be weird not having Gotham in our lives for, uh, for a few months now uh, after this long doing the podcast, but it's been great fun interacting and hearing all of your thoughts. Absolutely. Thank you so much for listening to us, Gothamites and fellow detectives. And so for the moment, toodles, Gothamites. It's been a blast. Oink, oink. And we will speak with you again later in 2018. Bye. Bye. This is Victoria Cartagena. I play Renee Montoya on Gotham. Hey, this is Andrew Stewart-Jones. I play Christmas Allen on Gotham. This is Robin Lloyd-Taylor. I'm David Mazuz. Hey, Gotham TV podcast listeners. This is Maggie Gia, otherwise known as Poison Ivy. This is Drew Powell, and you're listening to Gotham TV podcast.